The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. Sports America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm Lemont Williams and my co-host is Jacob Greer. And to join the show, the contact information is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email us at LeMontWilliamsSports at Yahoo.com. Jacob, I just found out you just landed on the plane. Where you been at? San Antonio, man, you know, trying to uh, grind and get the bills paid. Yeah, that's, that's one of your routes there, always flying to San Antonio? Yeah, uh, that, uh, San Antonio is one of my market spots that, uh, that I handle. I see I see that you continue to make some business in this tough economy day, so that's good, man. Uh, Let's go and start the show, Jacob. Today's show, uh, Jacob and I will make our week one NFL picks and prediction. We'll discuss LeGarrette Blunt's uh, post-game punch. We'll go around the NFL, invite John Ingoldsby, our New England Patriots insider, to the show. But first, Jacob, let's go and recap the Texans versus the Buccaneers pre, uh, preseason game from last week. Jacob, guys like Rex Grossman, Jacoby Jones, James Casey made a strong case for a winning job last week. Uh, Rex Grossman was 9 for 16 for 197 yards with two touchdowns. Jacob, do you think Grossman's performance make him the number two quarterback heading into Sunday's game? Well, I tell you what, I was really impressed uh, with the way, uh, you know, how he came out of Randy offense as well as, you know, in leading the offense down the uh, the field and scoring. So I definitely uh, think uh, Rex solidified the uh, number two spot in terms of quarterback. Well, I think that Rex, uh, and it was also announced today, that uh, Kubiak will be moving Rex Grossman up to number two. I've always been a Rex Grossman fan. I thought it was a great asset for them to pick him up in their offseason due to the fact that his experience uh, leading the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl, as well as he used to be a starter, so he knows what it takes to win in this league. So uh, I thought that was a good move for the Texans to pick him up, even though he hurt his hamstring in the first preseason game against Kansas City and was able to wasn't. Well, one of the things, uh, and I hate to cut you off, Lamont, but one of the things that I really liked about Rex is it seems like he has uh, he has uh, 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 resurrected his career. You know, he he fell to that number two spot in Chicago, and it seems like he's in a situation now where he's happy and he feels like he's a part of something. I don't, I don't think I, don't, I wouldn't go that far and say he resurrected his career. He still hasn't proven anything. Preseason is preseason, and again, he was playing against third string guys and guys trying to hang on and make the fifty three man roster. I think only time will tell if he, if he resurrected his career, but I do think that he helped himself as far as landing on the team. Uh, again, he was unemployed before the Texans called him, so uh, I think that was a good good game last week. 
and I want to see what he'll do now that he's number two. And with the question marker of, of Matt, Matt Schaub being with his ankle, uh, it's a possibility he might play on Sunday, so I hope he's got his mind right. Uh, a lot of teams this past weekend, Jacob, had to get down to the 53-man roster. The Texans cut down 22 players. Uh, Big-name guys off that list was linebacker Buster Davis, running back Adrian Foster, and cornerback Delta O'Neal. Uh, the Texans release a – also the Texans release a good corner – I mean, a tackle, in my opinion, uh, Brandon Torrey. And I'm going to be a little biased on this one, Jacob. Uh, I had Brandon on when you was out of, out of the country. Uh, on the show, but Brandon is a good friend of mine. He's from uh, uh, from the Mecca, from Howard University, so I thought that he was a, a good player and could have been an asset for the Texans heading into the season. Well, I thought he was. I thought he was one of the players that they would actually keep. You know, uh, to uh, you know make sure that they had a, you know a healthy offensive line. But uh, you know, hey man, they had to make cuts, and 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 you know he just fell victim to uh, you know one of those cuts. Yeah, it's a tough market, man. It's a tough market and it's a tough business, it's a cutthroat business. Uh, but, again, Brandon had an opportunity to win the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with the Giants. So uh, he got one thing. He, that one, that's one thing he mentioned on the show was that he has something that no one, a lot of people in the league can't say they have, which is a Super Bowl ring. So I wish the best for Brandon, and I'm pretty sure another team will give him a shot and he'll be on somebody's roster this year. Speaking of back on the roster, the Strano, uh cornerback, Dante Robertson, in this holdout this past weekend, signing his one-year deal for $9.9 million. The Texans expect Robertson to play in the season over versus the Jets. Uh, Jacob, how much you think Dante will play on Sunday? And, and all this is a two-part question. How much you think he'll play on Sunday? And would you be mad if he was his teammate, knowing that the fact he missed all the 2009 training camp? Well, you know what? If I was a teammate of his, his I, I would have to think in terms of, okay, did he do this intentionally, or you know, was this a legitimate holdout for him? Uh, I don't know how much he's going to play on Sunday. I don't think he's going to play more than 75% of the game, uh, you know, because there, he missed a lot of conditioning uh, with the team. Uh, but, you know, hey, man, he's an addition that can help that, you know, help the, uh, help the uh, secondary. And, uh, you know, I'm sure guys are happy to have him back. Uh, guys like, like Dante Robertson, asset guys to the secondary, he brings that intensity and, and that physical play that they was lacking in the preseason. Uh, when they played Minnesota and other teams. But I, I, I don't see him playing a lot, uh, 75%. I don't see him playing 75%, but I do see him playing about 50% due to the fact that he has to get himself in game shape. He came in a little bit in shape. He's working out individually with his trainer, but it's totally different from game shape. And plus, he's learning a whole new defense from Frank Bush over the defensive coordinator, new different schemes and different packages. So I see, I would like to see him out there, but most likely I'm thinking they'll probably put him in the in a, a certain package where he understands the coverage. Well, you know, Lamont, he, he's he's what you call an athlete, and, you know, some of those guys can kind of like get by just on their ability. And I think he's been in the league long enough to a point where he can do that. That's why I gave him, you know, 75%. But I do think conditioning is going to be an issue for him. Yeah, we'll see. we we'll definitely see him Sunday when he lines up and go against rookie quarterback um, Matt, I mean Mark Sanchez when they come down here to Houston on Sunday. Let's go ahead and move forward and talk about another AFC South team, the Tennessee Titans. Preview uh, will kick off the NFL this, this Thursday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, an article came out earlier this week about Tennessee Titans running back Liddell, I mean, uh, Lindell White, uh, talking about uh, he didn't think stumping the Steelers' terrible towel last year was a big deal and stated if, you know, if it happened, if he had the opportunity to do it again, he would do it. Uh, Jacob, you know, if he was a, a Steeler, would this motivate you? Heading into Thursday night game? 
Well, I tell you what, man, it definitely sounds like bulletin board material, and I think it's something that they are probably going to uh, play up in that Steelers locker room. But I could understand what he's saying. He was excited at the time, and that's why he did it. But, you know, those guys, you know, they don't forget real easy. Yeah, I really think that Tennessee is going into Pittsburgh on Thursday. We'll get, you know, we'll lose due to the fact that it's going to be high-intense game in Pittsburgh regardless of the situation, but you have the season opener. They're coming off winning the Super Bowl. Uh, Mike Tomlin is going to have those guys pumped up and ready for, for Thursday night. Uh, I know Lindell dropped some weight this offseason and slimmed down, but uh, it seems like he didn't lose any weight around his mouth because he's still running off at the mouth. But, <laughs> again, again, I want to see how he plays against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and now it's time to turn it up. Preseason is out of the way. And the real games counts now. So I want to see what, what he's going to do. And I also want to see what our hometown boy, Vince Young, is going to do against, against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. So that's, ooh, that's going to be an exciting game kicking off this NFL season. Well, I'm really concerned about Vince Young this year. I, I think, you know, he number one, he's in a contract year. And, uh, you know, number, number two, he's, you know, he, he's coming off the death of Steve McNair. So, you know, I hope he gets to a point where, you know, he can get in there and, and help that team. He's still behind Kerry Collins. And, uh, you know, I, I think he, he's just going to have to wait his turn. Either Kerry Collins is going to produce this year or it's going to be Vince Young year. We have to wait and see. Agree. Uh, we'll go from one quarterback to another. Let's talk about rookie quarterback Max, uh, Matthew Stafford who won the Lions uh, uh, debate between Dante Culpepper. Uh, Jacob, how many games do you think it's going to take Stanford before the, uh, the Lions get their first win uh, this season? I'm going to go I'm going to go four. Four games? Uh, that's, that's roughly. I had about five or six games, but um, I know the Lions are really putting a lot on their shoulders as far as being a rookie coming in, starting uh, right away, and they gave him a big paycheck. So that was expected, in my opinion. But uh, they got a solid guy behind them in Dante Culpepper. So uh, if, if Matt Stafford go out there and stink up the place, uh, don't don't be surprised. They pull, they pull him out and uh, put Dante Culpepper in there. Well, I think what the Lions are building that, that, that decision on is when Detroit played Indianapolis in the preseason, uh, uh, he went against the first-team defense for uh, Indianapolis, and he marched the team down the field. And, I mean, he looked really good. I mean, his arm is, is a cannon. And uh, so I think he's ready, uh, you know, for that level of play. I know he's going to, you know, make some mistakes. And the people of Detroit, you know, they have to, you know, kind of like step back and live through that. But I think he's a legitimate quarterback, and I think he's really going to help that franchise in the future. Well, you, you can see during the preseason with the chemistry between uh, Matt Stafford and uh, Calvin Johnson that it was there. So hopefully they can continue to build on that chemistry and move forward and win at least one game or two games this season. Let's go ahead before our break. We've got two minutes before our break, uh, Jake. Let's go and talk about the Sean Merriman uh, situation from this past weekend. Uh, Chargers All-Pro outside linebacker Sean Merriman was arrested, was arrested and accused for choking in and throwing reality TV star Tila Tequila to the ground early Sunday morning. Uh, Merriman stated that he didn't harm Tequila and he was concerned about her safety because she was intoxicated. Jacob, do you believe Merriman or what side do you believe? Well, I, I really believe Merriman on this one. I think Tequila had too much tequila, and uh, and uh, I think he was pretty much just trying to protect her from, uh, you know, driving, which friends do. And uh, you know, I think she got to a point where she really wanted to leave, and and he didn't want her to leave because of her situation. And I think he did the right thing as a friend, if that's the way that it happened. 
And, you know, I think eventually it's going to come out showing that, you know, he was trying to stop her from driving. Yeah, I, I really don't. You know, a situation like this is so sketchy, man. You don't know what to believe. But for a young lady to, to, to go out there and accuse him of choking her and throwing her, and it was reported that no uh, marks or nothing was reported by the uh, paramedics. So I want to see what kind of leverage she has going into the situation. I don't know what's her motive, if it's money or trying to re relight her name and, and, and this 15 minute of fame that she had. But man, that's 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 a fine line to walk on. So uh, Jacob, it's time for us to take a, a break. We got 30 seconds, so we're going to take this break now. After we come back from this break, we're going to invite uh, John Inskos to be our New England Pages insider to the show. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance were the figures, the eaters of men, cannibals. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing through the jungle. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, thinking only of its canoe. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice American Sports Network. Jacob, is that segment where we invite former active players to the show, but normally we invite our insider for the New England Patriots, John Inglesby, back to the show before the season kicked off. So, John, welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Welcome, John. My pleasure. My pleasure to be here, Lemont and Jacob. Thanks for having me on. How's the weather up there in Boston? Football is in the air. Okay. Amazing how quickly uh, it gets chilly up here uh, when September 1st rolls around. Yeah, I know the weather's a little changing up there. I'm an East Coast guy myself, so y'all should be getting snow uh, uh, shortly here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting ready. All right, let's go ahead and talk about some New England stuff. Uh, 
and the top story right now is about uh, D. Lyman, Richard Seymour. You know, five-time Pro Bowler was traded to the Raiders. However, he hasn't reported to Oakland. John, uh, what's going on with this trade that you know about? Well, you know, New England, uh, all of New England is in an uproar over this trade, and uh, you know, it's it's just like very reminiscent deja vu all over again. You might say for uh, with the lawyer Malloy situation. Uh, Back about six, eight years ago, when uh, when again they were playing Buffalo in the first game of the year, it's it's eerily similar. But you know the relationship with Richard Seymour has always been interesting. I mean, my first thought when I heard the trade on Sunday morning was, you know, uh, I immediately thought of when he held out about four or five years ago. Other than Tom Brady, Richard Seymour is the only person who could have gotten away with that. And, uh, you know, he, he won. I mean, he, he got what he wanted, which was a restructured contract, even though he's in about year three or four of his rookie contract, and uh, which typically lasts six years. And, you know, I, I just think uh, it, it was never forgotten. Um, and also, you know, there's just been other interesting things with, uh, you know, he was benched in a game uh, upon returning from a family funeral, uh, apparently arriving late or whatever. So there's always been sort of a underlying friction, if you will. Uh, you know, just little incidents have arisen over the years. and uh, But nonetheless, I, I, it certainly caught everybody, and I mean everybody, completely off guard up here. I definitely agree. It caught me by surprise. I thought he was a lock-in franchise guy going to this. Man, he's turning 30 this year, going to his third contract. I thought he was going to finish up with New England. But I Absolutely. want to know, um, uh, now that the Patriots have, have lost guys like uh, Seymour and Teddy Bruschi, uh, who's going to replace the manpower slash leadership on the defensive side of the ball heading to this season? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, in addition to Seymour and Bruschi, they've lost Mike Vrabel and Rodney Harrison uh, from the defense that started the Super Bowl against the Giants. Those are four uh Terrific leaders right there. Um, I would, you know, Jared Mayo is clearly the, uh, you know, the, the leader in waiting, as you uh, as you might say. Uh, Bruschi passed the mantle on to him. I myself interviewed Jared Mayo on a couple of occasions uh, when he became when he as soon as he arrived in town uh, his rookie year, and I will say uh, he's one of the most impressive young players. I've ever met in my career. Wow. He just blew me away, and here we are a little more than a year later, year and a half maybe, since he came to his first rookie minicamp, and uh, he's just, he obviously he led the team in tackles and things like that last year, so he's got it together on the field and just as impressively off the field. Okay. That's, that's, that's amazing. I didn't, I didn't think you would say Mayo. I know he has a short time up there in New England, but so far from what you're telling me, it seems like he's stepping up as a leader. Let me go ahead and reset for the listeners. I'm talking with John Inscosby, our New England Patriot insider for the Outside the Huddle show on the Voice America Sports Network. John, let's, let's move from New England, and I know you've been doing some other stuff, so let's talk about some other stuff within the NFL you've been working on. Uh, Michael Vick, uh, he spoke to a group of Philadelphia high school kids or students this past Tuesday about the danger of peer pressure. John, you had an opportunity to talk with some coaches slash mentors down in Virginia about Vic. Uh, how did that conversation go? 
Well, I did, you know, and it was right before he signed with the Eagles. I mean, literally like the day before, which, uh, you know, was another one that caught everyone by surprise. And, uh, you know, it's a, a high school football coach uh, down in the uh, Newport News, Virginia area where, um, where Vic grew up. And he said, you know, again, day before Vic signed with the Eagles, that everybody was really, really quite supportive down there in his hometown, you know, in a big way. And he had just had lunch with, uh, you know, some Virginia Tech people like the day before that, the day before I spoke with him. And again, he said, you know, Virginia Tech was, was fully behind him. And, uh, you know, this was at the time when, uh, you know, it sure didn't feel like everybody was behind him. So it was, very interesting to get, you know, perspective from someone who, you know, involved in football, teaching, you know, you know, coaching high school kids, and uh, as well as, you know, uh, the Virginia Tech, you know, feedback as well. So both his hometown area and his college were behind him. And, you know, interestingly enough, I just saw where Vic's jersey, it was sold more than any other jersey for the weekend of August 30th, even more than Brett Favre with the Vikings. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that. He's going to have to probably have the number one jersey hitting into the season. And He's got it already. Yeah. It literally just got announced. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not surprised with that. I, but I am surprised. I'm from that home, from that area, from the Tidewood area, so I grew up in Norfolk and I played against Vic in 98. But I'm not surprised that the v, uh, Virginia fans and loyal fans of Michael Vick is still following him, but I am surprised to hear that. The Hokies is still supporting them due to the fact that I thought that he tarnished a little bit of their name. Correct. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to hear that the Hokies is supporting them. Uh, we talk about Hokies, and, you know, you're a big college fan, John, and, and let's transition a little bit into the uh, ACC college football. Uh, who do you think, who, who's your favorite of taking that conference year, this year at ACC? Well, you know, uh, based on what I saw with, you know, Miami, uh, you know, they, the Miami and Florida State put on one heck of a show the other night, and uh, so you know, I, I, I think they're both back in the mix. And uh, you know, there's going to be a lot, a lot of strong teams. I mean, the ACC really needed that. You know, I'm up here in the northern outpost of the ACC with Boston College. Mm-hmm. Went to the game on Saturday against yeah. Northeastern, and uh, you know, quite a route. And and BC looked. Uh, you know, really quite impressive. Um, you know, a lot of emotion connected with this year's team. Frank Spaziani's first year as head coach, full year, and uh, you know, Mark Herzlick, their consensus All-American from last year, was diagnosed with cancer. He was there on Saturday, and Spaziani's noticed, noted for bringing, uh, for wearing like a yellow BC Eagles colored towel around his neck and. As they come out, he gave it to Herzlick and just said, you know, uh, don't give it back to me until you come out on the field for us in full uniform, which, uh, you know, wow. up here is good. You know, is That's amazing. Really nice touch, nice touch. And, uh, you know, and some names never die up here in New England. Uh, Doug Flutie's nephew, Billy, who I covered in high school when he was a quarterback leading his team to the state championship, uh, he caught a, a, a touchdown pass from uh, – guy named David Shinsky, who's uh, rotating as number one quarterback with Justin Tuggle. And uh, Shinsky's an interesting story, too, where he, um, a Pennsylvania high school all-stater, and uh, basically went to play minor league baseball for about six years, 
So it's a Drew Henson-type story and just returned. He's a freshman at Boston College. He's 25 years old. He threw a touchdown pass on Saturday, and the thinking is he will likely be the starter before the year's over. And he, he threw the touchdown pass to Flutie. But uh, to get back to the original question, um, you know, I, Virginia Tech, despite their loss to Alabama, you know, I, I, I think you'd have to favor them to win their, what, third ACC title in a row. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm leaning towards Hokies as well, but I was surprised of the Miami-Florida State game from this past Monday, and I was more, mainly surprised how well the Miami Hurricanes defense played. So, uh, yep. uh, we'll, And Jacob and I will talk a little bit about college football in the next segment. But I'm going to go and reset for the listeners. I'm talking with John Enclosby, our New England Patriot insider for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, go I know you probably got some college questions. Yeah, yeah. questions. Well, I'll tell you what. I wanted to get back to the NFL a little bit. And, you know, on the eve of the uh, football season, John, I, and, you know, I know you're a little biased because you're there in Boston, but uh, your prediction on who's going to win that AFC East division? AFC East, I, 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 you could say I sound biased, but I would definitely have to say the Patriots. Uh, in what order? In what order, John? Give me the order. Uh, give us, yeah, your order. Yeah. Oh, okay. Patriots, Dolphins, um, the Bills will certainly, you know, finish last. But Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, Bills. Uh, the Bills are coming in here on Monday night. You know, the Patriots are in some turmoil with the, with the Seymour situation, but the, the, the Bills are in complete turmoil. Jets, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to be, you know, much improved, uh, you know, even with a, a rookie quarterback. And, you know, the Dolphins still have, you know, with Chad Pennington and what they have. I don't think they're going to be what they were last year, but I think they're going to, uh, you know, be a playoff contender. But the Patriots offense, you know, it's not only is the same as the record-setting 2000 offense, 2007, excuse me, it's the uh, they've added more weapons, Joey Galloway, Fred Taylor, people like that. So I think you'd simply have to favor – Patriots to win the East. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. And you got an AFC East team coming out here this weekend to play the Texans. Real quick before we take our next break, what what's your opinion on uh, on the game this this Sunday against uh, the Texans with the Jets? How you think Matt, uh, not Matt Stafford, the uh, Mark Sanchez will do this Sunday? You know, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do well. I really think that he uh, the Jets got themselves a good win there. Everything I've seen with him in the preseason. Uh, you know, he looks like he has the goods, and I think, you know, uh, Rex Ryan as a new coach is bringing a lot of swagger and uh, a lot of other things to the Jets yeah. organization. <laughs> uh, you know, Larry Izzo, who I've talked with and interviewed up here often, uh, is with the Jets, and, you know, although he's a special teams player, he's maybe the best special teams player in the NFL, traditional pro bowler, and, so, you know, I look at people like Izzo coming on board, you, you know, and... Rex Ryan, and I just think they're a team that's going to come out with a whole new attitude, and they've certainly got some talent there that uh, just wasn't wasn't on display last year for whatever reason. Yeah, but John, we appreciate you coming on the show like always. Uh, we'll keep in contact with you probably the next two to three weeks when the season gets rolling. But uh, uh, glad that you stopped by to give us some knowledge on or some information on New England as well as some college and Michael Vick situation. Well, it's my pleasure, and once again, thank you both for having me on. Okay. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks, John. All right, Jacob. Thanks, Lemont. All right. Jacob, it's time for us to take another break. So after this break, we'll come back and discuss college football as well as make some predictions. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host, 
Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports when i found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops i wrote a letter to the company saying reconsider your labor practices a few months later i get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer and they included a coupon for a 25 percent discount on their jeans so I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob Football is kicking and rolling this right now, so... This segment, we normally go around the NFL. We're going to go ahead and donate this segment, segment to uh, college football. And heading off this college football segment is the big incident that took place last Thursday night. Uh, Oregon running back Garrett Blunt punched uh, Boise State DN uh, Byron Holt in the jaw following their loss uh, last Thursday. Uh, Jacob, when you got up on Friday morning and turned on Sports Center uh, to witness that punch, what was going through your head? Well, I tell you what, I was trying to think about what was Blunt thinking about. You know, I clearly understood the guy came up to him and, you know, you know, antagonized him a little bit. But to throw a punch, 
Yeah, I, you know, I knew something was going to come down. I didn't think that it was going to be this, you know, as bad as suspending him for the whole season. But, uh, you know, I, I was I was shocked. I, I was shocked from the punch, but I was mainly shocked from his reaction after the punch. You know what I mean? It was like once you, okay, you he lost control and he punched the kid. The kid taunted him and he punched him. And he could have just, you know, helped the guy up or something like that or, or you know, he could have. It could have went from ugly to okay, but it went from ugly to worse. Then he should just start going off on the fans, start going off on his own teammates, coaches, uh, police officers. So to be honest with you, man. After I looked at the whole thing and evaluate the whole thing, I, I really don't feel bad for him. You know what I mean? It's like, and I, you probably not agree with me, but I, I don't feel bad for him because it went from one level one to like level ten in a matter of five seconds. And he could have started a riot up in there. You could just imagine if the fans would have jumped across those bleachers and, and tried to attack him. It could have got ugly real fast. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, you got to understand, you know, what had just happened. You know, they had talked, Oregon, you know, had talked so much trash to Boise State. And, you know, for Boise State to go in and beat them. And then for someone to come up in your face but after still. a game when you have just lost, come up in your face. And you know, and, and tease the guy about what has just happened. Okay, I understood his re. I, I understood his reaction. Maybe he could have pushed, but to punch, I, that's that's the thing that shocked me. And you're absolutely right. You know, when they were trying to get him to leave the field, and he got into it with the fans. Well, you knew the fans were going to throw salt on a wound that was already open. Yeah, but you know, we're not talking about little league here. We're not talking about pop one. We're talking about division one. Grade eight college football, you know, prime time Thursday night kicking off football. It's like, uh, and due to his past history, his body of work, he doesn't have a positive body of work. So, with all that being said, he needs to. Uh, he lost his cool, but at the same time, once a teammate try to regroup you or grab you and try to uh, get you to regroup and, and bring you back to reality, he just took it to a whole another level, man. He just took it to a level where he didn't want to come back down to earth. He wanted to stay wherever he was going, and, and he just started acting crazy. So. Uh, go back to the old saying that my father's always telling me, so you got the freedom of choice but not the freedom of consequence. And he put his consequences in somebody else's hand, and that's the, the penalty that he has to deal with. So I really don't feel bad for him. Well, I tell you what, he definitely hurt himself, you know, in, in terms of, you know, his chances, you know, at the next level because I'm sure that's something that they're all going to, uh, you know, look at. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you're investing, you know, that type of money at the next level, they're very careful, you know, who they invest their money into. Well, we, we uh, talk. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I, and I really think he hurt his chances at that next level. Well, you know, sometimes in the world we live in, sometimes time heals wounds. So uh, he's not definitely not hurting himself because uh, this past Monday he didn't even report to practice. Um, uh, um, he didn't report to practice. Coach Kelly stated that he planned uh, a plan is in place for Blunt, you know, uh, when he decided to come back. But, uh, I want to kind of go a little bit deeper, Jake. I know that we are parents, and your kids are a little bit older than my kids, so I want to kind of target towards you a little bit. But uh, being a parent, how would you feel if Blunt was your son, and this was, you know, and and he was in this situation? Well, I tell you what. I, I, number one, I would be very disappointed in what you know if if Blunt was my son. I would be very disappointed in what he you know had had done. But I would also have to sit down and let him know that, you know, there is second chance. 
and you know he has to you know he has to change his ways in order for him to move forward that's what i would tell my son and if he can't then you know like you said there are consequences that you know he's going to have to suffer because of that yeah he definitely he's definitely suffering the consequences from his actions but his ways that he can do damage control and help the situation the fact that he's no longer playing college football but he's able to attend practice and uh get better that way I would kind of rebuild my, my credibility as far as my image doing that. I would also kind of enroll myself in some kind of local anger management classes within the campus or off campus and volunteer my time publicly. That way when the scouts come around in January or February, yeah, it's a black eye, everybody makes mistakes. But he also can turn this situation around where it can be a benefit for him later on down the road, and he can set example for kids that's in the Oregon, Oregon area uh, or as well as on the northwest, uh, western part of the country because, um, you know, you, you can turn a negative back into a positive. That's the world we live in. But if he's missing practice, man, then he's not getting off to a good start, in my opinion. Well, I think he needs to practice in order, you know, to, to, you know, to stay focused and, and, and stay in shape. But I agree with you. There, there are definitely some community service activities that he can do you know, to uh, to help his image, and I think that's something that, you know, not only him but the people around him need to look at. Okay, yeah, and we definitely talked about the reaction side of the situation. Let's talk about the person that caused the problem, uh, Boise State, uh, 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 I think it's Byron Hope. You know, uh, Coach Chris Peterson defended his decision not to suspend Byron, uh, Byron Hope, excuse me, for uh, taunting uh, Blunt with, uh, after Blunt punched him. Uh, do you think that was fair or unfair for Boise State coach Jacob to not suspend Hope? Well, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. With the punch that he took, and I hate to say this, but with the punch that he took, <laughs> probably uh, I probably would not suspend the guy. I mean, I would definitely you know let him know that he should not do that again. But, uh, no, I probably wouldn't suspend the guy. Uh, well, I... At first, I, I thought he needed some. I, I still feel that way. I'm gonna be honest. With you. I feel still feel like he needs to sit out a quarter, or half, or at least one game suspension because this whole situation wouldn't have took place unless he wouldn't have taunted. Uh, you know what I mean? And wouldn't taunt uh, Blunt. It's one thing to you know say one thing and, and walk away, but he actually physically put his hands on him. He didn't touch him. He touched the shoulder pads, but he didn't touch his. His shoulder. I mean, well, I guess he touched his shoulder because his shoulder passes on top of his shoulders. But he kind of, in my opinion, went a little bit too far as far as ta- uh, taunting uh, Blunt. He could have said a few words and kept walking. But I think Blunt took it to the next level when he physically put his hands on him. So he felt like he had to retaliate and defend himself. I mean, yeah, but from Blunt's standpoint, man, you got to be a better person than that. You know, the guy comes up, the guy's excited, you know, because his team won. And, you know, if the guy comes up and, you know, say, hey, y'all was talking a lot of trash, but we got you. All Blunt should have done was like, you know what, you're right, man, good game. End of story. Yeah, I, but you got to understand, leading up to that to that game, that was kind of like a bowl game. All summer long, there's been a lot of trash talking. Blunt, you know, in the local paper talking about they coming over to beat their butt, and he didn't say it in those words, but he was saying that they coming over to do this and do that. And he productive. He wasn't very productive in the game. I think he had like a negative five yards uh, during the game, and and the guy wanted to show him up, so he was really upset about that. But Jacob, we got four minutes before our break, so let's go ahead and we was gonna talk about Sam Bradford. Let's go ahead and move forward and talk about these uh, NCAA Week Two top twenty-five predictions, man. Before we go to this break, because I like to make predictions and, and talk about certain picks. 
So let's go ahead and talk about Thursday night kicking off at 7.30 ESPN. we got Clemson versus number 15, Georgia Tech. Jacob, who you got winning that game? I got Georgia Tech on that one. I got Clemson, man. I'm going to go ahead with Clemson. I think Clemson is, uh, is turning the program around. I think it's going to be the shocker heading into this weekend. So I'm going to go ahead and take Clemson. Write this down now. You got Georgia Tech. I got Clemson. So Hey, write it down. Write it down. Put it on a piece of paper. Do what you do. Okay, then. I got, I got Clemson. Let's go ahead and move forward and talk about some games on this Saturday. Our local hometown team, U of H, is playing Oklahoma State up in Stillwater, the number nine Oklahoma State. I think they're number five now. So the number five Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys up in Stillwater. Uh, who you got winning and losing this game, Jacob? Well, I tell you what, Oklahoma State looked really good this past weekend, and I'm going to stick with Oklahoma State on that one. I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State as well. Houston has a good offense with their quarterback as well as their receivers, but Oklahoma State is a better team. I got them winning this game. Let's go ahead and talk about the game, another game that comes on, primetime game comes on on Saturday, which will be Notre Dame versus Michigan in uh, Michigan. Jake, who you got winning this game? Well, you know, I, you know, I really like Jimmy Clawson and and the way that you know he worked out with his receivers. They looked they looked really good this weekend. Michigan, you know, that's going to be a tough game. But I'm going to give I'm going to give Notre Dame the edge on on that contest. I got Michigan down there. I think uh, Rich Rodriguez, Coach Rodriguez, got those guys. Uh, despite the little turmoil they had this past uh, couple of weeks. As far as guys working on extra hours, but I think Michigan is heading in the right division. I mean, right uh, direction. So I got Michigan winning that. So write that down. All right, we got less than two minutes before our next break. Let's talk about some more games. Primetime game at eight o'clock. I'm pretty sure it's going to be on ESPN or ABC. That's USC versus Ohio State Buckeyes. Who you got winning that game, Jacob? Well, I tell you what, USC went up and uh, played San Jose State, which was you know no match for them. Uh, you know, winning that game 55-7. to Ohio State playing Navy, and, you know, Navy went into the big house, I mean, went into Ohio State and almost won that game. So Ohio State really did not press, impress me, and USC didn't, I mean, they didn't play anybody. I'm going to go with uh, Ohio State on this one. I definitely got Ohio State due to the fact that they're going to the horseshoe. USC is going to the horseshoe, over 100,000 uh, fans there. They got a freshman quarterback in Blakely coming in with the uh, USC Trojans. I think um, uh, Pryor coming into his red shirt sophomore year would be a better player this year uh, due to the fact that they went out to L.A. and got beat last year. So I got uh, Ohio State winning that game. Lastly but not least before our next break, Jacob, let's talk about Central State versus the Southern Jaguars. Who you got winning that game this Saturday? Why are you even presenting this question to me? <laughs> I got Southern on that one. I got the shocker of the night, I got Central, Central State beating you guys, man, uh, down in Southern, upsetting you guys in Baton Rouge. So uh, we definitely see and remember to write this stuff down so next week we can talk about it. Take a hear the music, so it's time for us to take another break. Once we come back from this break, we'll do our NFL predictions and picks next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice American Sports Network. It's a 
fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, this is our last segment before we wrap up the show, so let's go ahead and do our NFL Week 1 uh, prediction slash picks uh, before we wrap up this show. Starting off with this Thursday night game with the Tennessee Titans visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers at Hines Field. Who you got winning that game, Jacob? Who you think will win that game? I'm going Pittsburgh. 
why you got Pittsburgh? Uh, I, number one, they're playing at home. And, uh, you know, number two, I just, th- you know, think everything, uh, you know, defensively, I think they're a better team, uh, you know, to go up against the uh, Titans' offense. And, you know, they, until somebody knocked them off of that, that throne, man, I'm, I'm sticking with Pittsburgh. I have Pittsburgh as well. I think Tom- Mike Tomlin will have these guys pumped up uh, coming off the Super Bowl win, first game of the season. We talked about uh, Lindell White uh, making comments about if he had a chance to stump the terrible tile again. He'll do it. So I think these guys will be fired up uh, heading into this first game this Thursday night. Ben Roethlisberger will do well. So I've got Pittsburgh Steelers winning that. Let's go ahead and talk about Sunday's games, starting off with the Miami Dolphins versus the Atlanta Falcons in the Georgia Dome. Who you got? Well, I'm going with Atlanta on that one. You know, with the addition of uh, Gonzalez at tight end, I think it's going to, you know, I think throwing the ball is going to open up the running game for Atlanta. Even though, you know, Miami, I think they're going to have a good showing, but I think uh, the Falcons, you know, playing at home is going to uh, edge out the Dolphins. I think the Wildcat is back, and it's going to knock down those Falcon birds. I think the Wildcat Part 2 is going to be exposed uh, to another level. Um, I think that now that Miami got uh, the, the pick, the draft pick from West, uh, West Virginia, I forgot the quarterback's name, uh, he's going to be a, a great addition to their Wildcat formation. I got, a, I got Miami Dolphins as well as uh, Ricky Williams uh, getting his contract extension. I think the Miami Dolphins are going to upset the Atlanta Falcons in week one going into the Georgia Dome. Let's talk about the next game. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Carolina Panthers at uh, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Who you got? Well, I tell you what, I, I you know, I you know, I know we're all waiting to see you know this Philadelphia offense, and you know Philadelphia has a lot of weapons. You know, Carolina they play really well, you know, at home, and then you add the addition of Goodson, you know, coming off the bench with the speed. Uh, this is going to be a tough one, but uh, I'm going to give it to the home team, which is Carolina. I have Philly winning that due to the fact that Philly is clicking right now on the deep, not just offensively with Michael Vick there, but defensively I think they'd be clicking due to the fact that I know they lost their defensive coordinator, uh, Johnson, this, this past year, uh, past offseason to cancer. But I think Philly is clicking, and they'd be, they'd be rolling in week one. McNabb always get out to a good start, so I got Philly winning that one. Let's go to the next game. Denver Broncos versus the Cincinnati Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. Who you got? Well, I'll tell you what, you can flip a coin with this one. These are two teams that, you know, pretty much have problems, all, you know, more problems off the field than they do on the field. And, uh, you know, I, you, we, I, I'm assuming we have to wait and see, you know, whether Brandon Marshall is going to play and how much he's going to contribute, you know, to the Denver Broncos. But, you know, I think this is a, this is a game where the Cincinnati Bengals can come out and establish themselves and show, you know, that they're for real this year. And I'm going to pick Cincinnati on this one. I have Cincinnati as well. In order for us to get through all these picks, they're going to score and kind of speed it up a little bit. I know we're going to have like nine minutes on this segment, so let's go ahead and pick it up the pace a little bit. Let's go ahead and get the Minnesota Vikings versus the Cleveland Browns. When, who you have winning that? I got Minnesota on that one. I have Minnesota as well. The next pick, we can talk a little bit about this if you want, which would be, I mean, the next game, I'm sorry, which will be uh, the Jets versus the, the Texans. Who you got? Well, it's going to be a situation whether Mark Sanchez is going to be able to hold up against the Texans defense. I'm going to get the Texans on that one. I have the hometown team, Houston Texans, winning that. Mark Sanchez, uh, D'Amico Ryan, uh, Mario Williams have a field day against that rookie quarterback. I uh, got the Houston Texans winning that. Real quick, who you have winning the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Indianapolis Colts? 
Uh, I'm going Indianapolis all the way on that one. I have Indianapolis as well. Detroit versus New Orleans, who you got? Well, if the game is at Detroit, it may be a sneaker, but uh, I, I, I'm going to go with New Orleans until Detroit can prove themselves. Yeah, I got New Orleans. It's going to take Mark, I mean Matt Stafford a while to get adjusted. Uh, next game, Dallas Cowboys versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who you got? I'm going to go with Tampa Bay on that. I got Dallas winning that on the road. Next game, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Baltimore uh, Baltimore Ravens. Who you got? Baltimore. Baltimore. I have Baltimore as well. Next game, San Francisco 49ers versus the Arizona Cardinals. Who you got? Wow, what a great game to open the season for the West Coast. Uh, I'm going to go with Arizona on that. I got 49ers winning that one. Next game, Washington Redskins versus New York Giants. Who you got? I'm going with the Giants. I got skins on that one. Next game, wrapping up our Sunday's game, is will be St. Louis versus the Seahawks. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I got Seahawks as well. Uh, Monday, uh, Sunday night game will be Chicago versus Green Bay. Who you got? Uh, Green Bay. I got Chicago winning that. And last but not least, two games on Monday night, Buffalo versus New England. Who you got? New England. New England? New got, England. You said who? New England. New England. Okay, I couldn't hear you. I got New England as well. Uh, last game, we have less than two minutes for our next break So uh, before we wrap up the show. So it will be San Diego versus Oakland. Who you got winning that game? Well, I'll tell you what, another great matchup. And uh, it's going to be tough, but I'm going to go with San Diego. You know what? I really, you know, you probably think I'm crazy right now, but Due to the fact that I know Oakland had a lot of stuff going on all season, and Richard Seymour hasn't showed up yet to to the training camp or the facility, but I think Oakland might sneak one in. Due to the fact they're playing home in Oakland Coliseum, I think Raider Nation will be off the off the chain this weekend, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, it's the make or break year for the quarterback. Uh, your boy out at LSU, what is uh, what's his name? Demarcus um, Russell. Demarcus Russell. So it's a make or break year for him. But I got Oakland. Squeezing that game out in the Oakland Coliseum against uh, San Diego Chargers. Well, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, so don't forget, remember, write down your picks, and we'll discuss this heading to next week. But, Jacob, it's time for us to wrap up the show. I want to thank all the listeners for listening to Outside the Huddle with Lee Mark Williams and co-host. Jacob Greer. Have a blessed week, and remember, sports plus business equals wealth. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.